best best band name pelican fan club i i mean i would join that fan club honey i love a good chicken where you go with this show <laughs> okay i love a good cock okay are you happy yeah. are you happy i said it okay go. anyways everyone and welcome to anime club after dark the podcast that delves into all things anime manga and otaku culture related i'm your host alex but you can call me senpai and joining me tonight we have our czar of source material john no matter what i say it's not going to sound any better <laughs> and our shivery of shoto shotaro some people mistake me for saitama because this pussy bald honey <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> See, John, I've made I've made the I've made the conscious decision that from now on, anytime show is on these episodes, he's gonna go last because just, no one can ever follow what he says. It's true. Nothing. What the actual fuck? <laughs> oh man, what a great way to start this out. So tonight we are gonna be doing our 2020 Finney Award Show. Uh, 2020 thankfully has come to an end, and it's time for us to look back on some of the best stuff that anime had to offer us throughout the year of 2020. Now, before we get started, there are a couple of caveats that we need to discuss for uh, anime that actually got nominated for the awards we're going to be giving out tonight. Uh, So, as we have done pretty much ever since we've been doing an award show uh, on this podcast, uh, for shows that started in the previous year but didn't end in the previous year, those are not eligible. Good example is uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, or however the fuck you say it, um, which started airing in fall of 2020, uh, is still airing because it had 24 or has 24 episodes. So that's actually not eligible for our nominations. As good as that show, maybe. Um, uh, similarly, we also are not uh, allowing ongoing shows to be nominated for our awards so shows like black clover or one piece or boruto those aren't eligible either so if you were expecting to see those there and you don't that's why so basically Um, if it's stopped airing in 2020 then it is eligible um i believe the only exception is the op and ed which is eligible as long as it stopped airing in 2020. The show can keep going. As long as that OP stopped being used in 2020. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that is the singular exception. Um, other than that, um, I, I think that's all the caveats for this award, so we can go ahead and get started. Um, we have, what is it, 11 awards to give out tonight? Yes. yes 11 awards. Uh, so we will start with our first award, which is uh, Best Opening or OP. Uh, as we have, uh, it's also worth noting that we have five nominees for each of these awards. So we have uh, our first nominee is Anima by Riona for Sword Art Online, Alicization, War of the Underworld 2, which that is a mouthful. Yeah. So I thought it was a noteworthy OP. Well, from Sword Art Online, you would expect good animation. So obviously the OP has great animation. I love the sequence when Kirito, like, goes from grayscale to color it's really animated well and um 
the ending sequence when he's fighting like some sort of black spectral boss is really badass too um and surprisingly even though as shallow as sword art online the show is for some reason i really found the op emotional just how uh riona uh sings the word tamashi which is, translates to soul it just sounds so uh just it just stirs something that makes it super emotional. Um, so yeah, that's why I put it there. I mean, as even as someone who doesn't like sort of a line really at all, it's a pretty good OP. I'd like to point out that Sword Art Online always has really good OPs. That's like, true. <laughs> it just has really good songs. Um, animation And they're all wise, really well yeah. animated too. Yeah, they're all, it seems like they spent a bunch of the budget on the, and the OPs. <laughs> It's true, but it's like it's like sort of a line in a nutshell, though. It's like all the money goes to like the technical stuff, the visuals and the sound design, and none of it goes to developing a compelling story or characters mm. <laughs> or characters. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, uh, you do you have something else to say? No, I I just I'm agreeing because oh, I'd like to also point out that the source material is just not very good. So well, oh, fair enough. <laughs> They're playing to their strengths is all oh, I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I mean, you got a point. You got it. You got a point. All right, so our second nominee is, oh, boy. Arigato wa koichi no kotoba, kotoba uh, by Nataru Moriyama from Somali and the Forest Spirit very, very early in the year. Um, I, I actually just rewatched this right before we started recording, and, oh, God, this this OP is so cute. Oh, just Somali and the Forest Spirit is so cute anyway, but, oh, like the visuals are like very bright and, and they, they pop and the, the song is just so happy and oh, it's so good. Much like the show itself, its strengths is, is with its uh, background art and how beautiful it's drawn. Mm. And the OP plays to that with a lot of beautifully drawn set pieces. Um, and the great thing about Somali is that it does not reuse animation from the actual show. So you get unique animation in the OP, which is, you know, good. Yeah, yeah, I definitely would agree. Like the the OP is very memorable. Um, God, I couldn't. I for some reason I thought it was in 2019 that the anime aired, but geez, it's been a long. Well, year that's now. how long that 2020 oh felt like, ha- hasn't it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I definitely agree with show. Like the they don't like reuse assets and spoil stuff like a bunch of OPs usually do. So it's it's nice. All right, so our third nominee is Chonotobu Seiso, or Seiso, excuse me, uh, by Seiso, Seiso, <laughs> not Seiso, it's not pure, um, by TK from, oh God, Ling, just, I hate these fucking, just fucking shit, from Ling Tosai Segure, the OP from Pet, goddamn. So I know a lot of people have not watched Pet, and um, Alex might not agree with me, but honey, Hidden Gem, if you have not seen Pet, I highly recommend it. No, no, I, I, and this is probably going to be a theme throughout the the course of this award show, like, I've really enjoyed Pet, but I don't think it was, like, the greatest anime ever. Listen, I'll be the tiebreaker. I'll watch it, and I'll tell you who's right. It has. I will say one thing about Pet is like from a technical aspect, it was very well done. In what way? 
well, like the OP and the ED. Oh yes, were both the OP really, really and good. ED. I agree. Um, so TK from Ling to Seat Segure is the person who sang the original Tokyo Ghoul OP Unraveled, and you know that's like one of the most famous OPs. Um, and he doesn't uh, fail to impress because this one is also really good, as you would expect vocally. Um, and I really like the visuals because it's really dark, it's really mysterious, really depressing, just like the show, so it sets a good tone. Yeah, I would agree. John? <laughs> oh, I have nothing to add since I didn't see it. <laughs> John! <laughs> All right, moving on. Our fourth nominee for Best OP is Contradiction by Keisuke. Is that how you say it? Sure. Okay. Uh, from I the God of High it. School. Honey, I'll be see, your this is an OP I've seen. <laughs> oh. I really like this OP. Uh, visually, it's very appealing. Like, I love the uh, style where it's like, it's kind of like graffiti art style, where it has like neon colors and stuff like that. And this, the song is just a fucking banger. Like, it, get, it gets me super hyped to watch The God of High School. So, uh, my taste in music has been described as seizure inducing. Shitty. And <laughs> this song is definitely seizure inducing in all the right ways. Um,. <laughs> Yeah, I really like... It's really uh, catchy. I really like it. The only complaint I have is that near the end of the ED, they one-for-one reuse uh, animation shots from the actual show. And it's really dumb because when you actually get to the part of the show that's supposed to be cool and you're seeing the animation shot, you're like, I've already seen this. Why? I'm not interested in this scene anymore because I've already seen this animation. (laughs) I've seen this every week for the last like twelve weeks. <laughs> it's not a surprise that I see this fucking fight scene. Yeah, I'm like, but what? I mean, that's that's kind of just like a thing of that anime ops do, right? And it's it's very much a shame that that happens because it spoils a lot of shit. But I just really like the song. Like, I didn't I like it at song. first because I was like. I, I liked it, and then I hated the part where they do like the the weird dubstep part. I'm like, I don't really like it too much. But then I love how the buildup happens in the beginning. The dun, 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 like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fight scenes. Fight scenes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it does what it's supposed to do. It hypes you up for the show. All right. So our fifth and final nominee for best OP is Ikuze Paradise by Yusuke Kobayashi, Junji Majima, and Miyu Tomita from Interspecies Reviewers. All right. Let's all be honest here. It's the YMCA song. It's literally, it is literally, like you you can put the YMCA song over the top of this, and with very minimal editing, you can do a really good mashup. I, I think that this OP is very fun. Like, when I first heard it, I was like, dude, this is YMCA. Like, no doubt in my mind, this is literally the YMCA song. But it's fun. It, it, it plays really well into, like, the actual anime as well, where it's just, it's goofy, it's funny, it's stupid. Like, just turn off your brain and enjoy the fucking show. Yeah, and if you actually pay attention, I mean, you know, assuming you know Japanese or you have a copy of the OP with subtitles, um, all the lyrics are about busting a nut. Oh, that's that's <laughs> something. It's definitely a catchy um, OP. I do enjoy that the chorus is like, he says Tengoku, which I believe means heaven, and the way he says it is just so goofy. It's very funny. <laughs> I mean, the show in general is very funny, so this uh, LP is similar. 
I agree. And I think that's probably the biggest reason that we have decided to actually award Ikuze Paradise as our best OP from 2020. So that is, that is our winner of best OP. Not at all because we as a group are skewed toward the salute things. That is not why we awarded. <laughs> I'll it's be honest. It's not. 100% why I nominated <laughs> okay. it. Shameless Alex over here. Shameless. <laughs> I liked it because from a technical standpoint, no, I, there's nothing. Technical about this. <laughs> no, there's nothing technical about this. It's <laughs> the, about the golden the, the ratio song is about... of the boob to thigh, honey. That was just mathematically. Yeah, that, that was the only consideration. Exactly. <laughs> the boob to no, thigh ratio. the song. The, the song talked about busting multiple nuts. It spoke to me on a deep personal level. Mm-hmm. Very <laughs> philosophical. Very. All right, so uh, show you actually are taking over the next one. Oh yes, so. After OP, we will be awarding the best ending of 2020. So the first nominee we have is Desire by Pelican Fan Club from the second season of Fire Force. Um, best best band name, Pelican Fan Club. I I mean, I would join that fan club. <laughs> Honey, I love a good chicken. Where, where you go with this show? <laughs> okay, I love a good cock. Okay, are you happy? Yeah. Are you happy I said it? Okay, go. anyways desire um so the actual ed the visuals is kind of very extremely basic uh it's just like a a bobblehead toy of one of the characters on a fire truck going through like a mobile game sort of animation is really 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 basic but i really did like the song it's just so catchy um, I really, the way that Pelican Fan Club sings the word desire, is just, it really, it's just something that I can put on in the background and just listen to over and over. It's just really casual, <clears throat> really good background music. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those ones you just can't help but move your foot to. It's it, That's how catchy it mm-hmm. is. Well, I'm a sucker for J-Rock, and that's <laughs> going to be a running theme in this episode. Uh, I definitely love Pelican Fan Club. Uh, I think Fire Force has always just had, like, the the first ED they had was great, too, right? I really liked that one, and uh, Desire, it's just really good. It's catchy. It just, it wraps up your anime experience. As much as I hate Fire Force, I do like the ED. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fire Force has a lot of problems, but the ED is not one of them. Uh, but their OPs and their EDs are all pretty darn good, usually. Yeah. Yeah. So our second nominee... Bless David Productions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bless David Productions. So our second nominee is Image underscore by <laughs> Memai Siren and TK from Link to Seat Sigure again, also from Pets. Uh, so again, just with the OP, love TK um, from Link to Seat Sigure. His vocals are amazing. Um, but what stands out about this ED is that it, uh, combines live action footage with animation. Um, maybe not the most, like, creative combination, but this sort of combination is something I really enjoy and it's really pleasing to watch. So I did really enjoy visually watching this ED. And the song itself is just great. I also love the the like the rock instruments i think they're really they're really nice the the mixture between 
uh, animation and live action shots. It really harkens back to uh, anime from last year, Sarah Zenmai. Um, probably not done as well as it was in the ED for that show, um, but it definitely harkens back to it. And it's nice to see because it is kind of creative mixing the two. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just it's unique to like anime EDs and OPs. Uh, hmm. There's when we think of anime EDs and OPs, we always think of like here's the establishing shot, here's the two main characters facing away from each other. One looks up, one looks down. They start running from towards something, chasing birds, and like there's it's very typical, right? But when you watch the ED for uh, Pet, it's not. It's it's very unique, though it it is just silhouettes and it has the live action shots going through it. It still gets a really good image across, and I again, I, I'm a sucker for J Rock, so <laughs> I really like the song too. Like ten seconds in, I'm like, I'm hyped, I'm hyped, yeah, 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 let's go, like let's go, yes, yes. <laughs> so our third nominee is Night Running by Shin Sakura, featuring A A A M Y Y Y from Amy <laughs> from Brand New Animal. Um, it's a really soothing vocal song. Uh, the, the, uh, background music or the instrumental music is also super soothing. Uh, and the visuals are cute and fun and bright and poppy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it takes a very minimalistic design, uh, to its visuals, which to me is not a bad thing. Um, I was telling you guys before we started recording this, it's like the, I, I don't I know kind of why but I don't know exactly why every time I watch the the ED4 uh BNA I'm immediately reminded of the video game Sly Cooper because all of the marketing for that game when it originally came out used very minimalistic designs and it just it harkens back to that and of course Sly Cooper is a game I really really like so it brings back some good memories for me Yeah the song itself is I fucking love it I listen to it every day still um, I didn't like BNA very much, but I liked the ending song. That you made that lot. very clear when we did I'm, our spoiler cast. Yeah. Hey, listen, you didn't want me on that cast on purpose because you know I was going to shit all over it. But Night Running is a very beautiful song. And visually, the ED is its very simplistic. I honestly wasn't too much of a fan of it, but it did look nice. It just wasn't very impactful. This is fair enough. So our next nominee is The Great Pretender by Freddie Mercury. From Great Pretender. Alright, listen, before anyone says anything, I know this song was made a long time ago. It wasn't made for the anime, but I insisted that this be on here simply because, number one, The Great Pretender is a really, really good song, and number two, Freddie Mercury is one of the greatest vocalists of all time. So Yeah, but I feel like it's cheating, man. <laughs> how is it fucking cheating? Is it Because it's a Freddie Mercury Jojo... song. It's is a it queen fucking... song. Is it fucking cheating when JoJo's uses Western songs for their EDs? Yes. No. Yes. yes. No, it's not. <laughs> fuck all of you. So our next nominee is Win by CIA. What the fuck? Uh, from The God of High School. Um, honestly, The God of High School is great with its OPs and EDs. Uh, Win is super catchy. Uh, the visuals themselves are just a sideshow of at least unique art, not art that we see in the anime, but it is a sideshow. Um, but it's a catchy song. Yeah, I really liked Win. Uh, I, I really thought the anime adaptation of The God of High School went really well. To me, it was like it, it covered the basics, the parts that I cared about. 
It had pretty good animation. Good. You should ask Natai about it at some point. <laughs> has he seen it? He has, and he's like, never have I seen something go from such enormous promise to absolute bullshit so fast. <laughs> I would have to agree Listen, with it gets that opinion, unfortunately. <laughs> no, but it gets better. Okay. No, season two, trust okay, me. Okay, John, me. okay. But yeah, it's the, like One the, Piece, it gets better by episode 600, guys. Yeah, at least I'm not preaching that. But I think the visuals for, in very typical anime ED fashion, it's literally just stills of the characters doing stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, very mm-hmm. typical anime ED, right? It's very boring, mm-hmm. it's very basic, but at least the song's nice. So there's that. And wait, we didn't talk about the Great Pretender's uh, visuals. Oh, yeah. No, we didn't, because someone was a fucking cunt and moved right over it. Okay, but to be fair, the visuals aren't that great in that either. No, I'm like, <laughs> hey, no, the cats, they're Freddie Mercury's cats, man. Yes, I got the reference. I thought that was great that they had Freddie Mercury's cats in the ED, but it was drawn by, like, a five-year-old kid with chalk. Oh, my God. <laughs> listen, listen. It had nothing to do with the anime other than hair some cats playing musical instruments badly drawn in their blurry, right? Wow. <laughs> anyway, wow. the song's great, though. Freddie Murphy's a good artist. <laughs> Just not an anime artist. No, because this is not anime. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> okay, I'm glad we agree on that. Um, so, yeah, wow. we're going to give this award actually to Pets. Um, just because, like we said, there's a lot of unique aspects, and the song's really catchy and great. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, John. The next award is going to be Best Soundtrack. And for our first nomination, we've got Castlevania Season 3. So I I, I really liked Castlevania's anime. I'm pretty sure a lot of other people did as well. Uh, it's kind of amazing how they did the soundtrack. Like, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not stock, at least. But it's very fitting. Like, they have a lot of, like, visceral, gruesome music. And then there's, like, the cathedral songs that they have for, like, the, look at the impact of this image. And yeah. <laughs> it's just overall I mean, they, a they, great it, mix. Especially, especially in, in the third season, they make liberal use of the uh, the pipe organ. Yeah, the freaking pipe organ. But I like it, you know, because, like, a soundtrack for an anime should play very well into the show. Some people don't care about it, and they're wrong, but <laughs> I care about it. Oh, music is very is one of the most impactful things you can do in a scene. Well, it's because it's not something that if it's not amazing, it won't make the anime that much worse. But when it is amazing, hmm. it just enhances the experience so much more. And that's what I feel like is important. And that's why I think Castlevania Season 3 had a great soundtrack. It's part. It's definitely, you know, it's, it's on our list for a reason. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Although Mal doesn't consider it an anime. Well, Mal's wrong about a lot of things. I yeah. <laughs> Show, did you have anything to add? I mean, uh, I watched Castlevania season three. I really liked it, but I don't. I mean, the soundtrack didn't stand out to me. Yeah, and that's part of because like it's not the most amazing soundtrack, but it fits well in my opinion. But it doesn't really have very standout songs like hmm. some other shows that we've seen I think, this year. I think the point the point is though it fits well for the story being told, and that's yeah. what makes it so good, at least to me. Yeah, I'd agree. All right. And uh, for our second nominee, we have Great Pretender. Now. Jazz AF. It is super jazzy. It has a lot of, uh, like, I'm not sure if it's Western music, but there's rap and hip-hop songs sprinkled throughout the anime. 
and I just recently just finished watching this, and I, I oh God, I love the soundtrack. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm a sucker for jazz too. I love that they and, have um, English vocals on a lot of their songs as well. Yeah, and there's a lot of they do really well with the insert songs during like very emotional, impactful scenes. They'll slow it down, and then you know, like music is a cue, right? When we're listening, we're when we're watching, we're listening for those musical cues to know what type of emotion the scene is supposed to draw us in. And there's like when there's actiony like fast paced like the jazz starts you know getting up there in the beat and you're just like oh oh hype 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 stuff's happening and then they slow it down, come in with the piano the strings, you know you feel the emotion you <laughs> I just watched Soul as well which is also <laughs> something that's really about music so I like jazz I'm biased as fuck and great like pretender- jazz. <laughs> I love how in the gangster arc they had this one track with like a trap snare drum that just started like going crazy and I was like, Oh damn shit's going down <laughs> I know. Oh man, it's so good. The Great Pretender soundtrack is so great. And I feel like it honestly, it fit the anime very well and it, it really expressed itself. It made a a decent show even better in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I agree. So our next nominee would be how do you pronounce this? Id invaded or ID, ID invaded? invaded? Okay, ID invaded. This is not a show I have watched, so I can't say much about the soundtrack. So I'm gonna pass this off to Alex. Uh, well, I I think it was Natai who actually put this on the list, um, which is a shame that he couldn't be here tonight. Um, but I mean, I personally like the the soundtrack to ID invaded as well, uh, mostly because it. It, bar- it uses a lot of, like, character themes, and it plays off of those in the scenes that they're in to sort of like how in the Monogatari series where every character seems to have their own theme. Like, that's how the soundtrack is set up in ID Invaded, and it works really, really well since it's a, it's a story that's told primarily as, like, a character study. Oh. That's really all I got to say about it. I, I th- I'm pretty sure it was Natai who put this on here. Well, all I know about ID Invaded is I, I know the opening song, but that's about it because I really like the opening song. <laughs> I will say I think it was an underrated anime in 2020 for sure. Um, was it like phenomenal? No, but it's definitely it, it's worth your time if you got a few hours to kill. See, I've heard the opposite where people are like, yeah, it's like one of the worst anime of 2020. Oh, but shit. I was like, I, well, I whatever. Disagree, but <laughs> Taste is subjective. So who really cares? Yeah. Uh, show, did, have you seen have the show or no? All right, well, we'll move on to the next uh, nominee, which is Sing Yesterday for Me. Now, this is an anime I also did not watch, but I do have the soundtrack because, (laughs) my God, is it beautiful. I fucking love the soundtrack. It's emotional. It's got, like, zing to it when you listen to it. It it hits you right in the heart, right Right in the Kokoro, man. Mm. And I just, I fucking love it. Like, I remember, I think it was you and Natai, right? We were in a voice chat. And you guys were playing the songs, I believe. I was like, yo, this is a good song. What is this? It's like, oh, it's from Sing Yesterday for me. And I have it on repeat now on my playlist. So <laughs> good job. Yeah, Sing Yesterday for me is one of those those shows that has a very um a very piano like sound. Like like almost all the songs are centered around a piano in some way or another. Um and it just it works so well because so many of the tracks are very melodic and flowing and uh, it just sounds so good. It actually I, I know that the story itself kind of takes place over a span of, of several months, um, but 
the story, the, the soundtrack, if you just listen to it by itself, is very autumnal. Like, like it, it reminds me of fall so much, and I don't know why it just does. You know, I tried to watch this anime, but I fell asleep every episode. So, oh my god, <laughs> shut the fuck up! <laughs> I really wanted to watch it because I thought it looked really cute, but I just I couldn't stay awake. Shut up. <laughs> That's fair. But phenomenal soundtrack. Good job. Good job, Ying. Sing Ying. Sing yesterday Ying. for me. Listen, dyslexia. And for our final nominee, it's going to be The Irregular at Magic High School Visitor Arc. So this is season, I want to say it's two. Yeah, season two of uh, Irregular at Magic High. And it's not, I'm not sure if anyone else watched it on the podcast other than me. Because I, I honestly liked season one quite a lot. So I was like, fuck it, I'll watch season two. I'm not going to watch the movie, but I'll watch season two. And uh, it's got the same soundtrack, sound design from season one, so it's not bad. It's very, like, electronic, futuristic, bassy, you know? So it's not terrible, but I wouldn't say it makes the anime greater, but it definitely does not detract from the show. What like singing praise you have for this soundtrack? Yeah, it's like I want to praise it, but not too much. Yeah. Well, no, because it's it's not like when we compare it to at least for Sing Yesterday for me, Great Pretender, Castlevania. I like those more. Yeah, <laughs> that's me though. But at least it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Is all. Well, I'm I saying. haven't. I can't say that I've gone and actually watched this, but I have listened to some tracks from its OST, and it is a pretty good OST. It's not bad. Like I said. It's, but would I call it soundtrack of the year? No, because obviously that has to go to Great Pretender, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and fucking Great Pretenders. Oh, if you don't want to watch Great Pretender, which you should, it's not that long. It's on Netflix. I binged it over like two days. Uh, at least check out the soundtrack because you will not be disappointed. Because that's what got me into it. Because I was. You guys were like, hey, listen to the soundtrack. And I was like, okay, okay. And I just kept listening to it. And I was like, all right, I think I need to watch the show now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Great Pretender is great. <laughs> never do that again. Okay. Never again. All right. Well, I have the next award, and it is for Best Background Art. Um, so our first nominee in this category is Fire Force Season 2, which I don't think I need to say anything else except Bless David Production. Yeah, yeah. There's some good um, shots of the city in Fire Force. In general, Fire Force's visuals are its best. Uh, it's its selling point, really. Um, and the background <laughs> art is definitely up to par. Yeah. Um, all right. So our second nominee is Great Pretender. Um, show you and I mentioned this in our spoiler cast that we did where if you look at a lot of the background art, it, it's very simple, a lot of geometric shapes, but I think you and I both came to the con- conclusion that more wasn't necessarily better in Great Pretender's case. I mean, yeah, the best part about Great Pretender is that it had a very unique style, uh, very, like you said, geometric, very bright colors, um, and very simple, but... The great thing about it is that it's refreshing. It's new. It's something you don't see often. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's better than um, hyper-realistic uh, backgrounds. I'd also argue that the color palettes that they use in the background arts contrast very well with the music. Like, it seems everything was put in place for a reason in the show. And it plays off each other very well. I would say both that and the fact that it helps the characters themselves stand out better in the scenes that they're in. 
yes, no. I okay. Sure. <laughs> I, sure. Okay, I guess I'm the only one that thinks that. Moving on. Um, <laughs> so our third our third nominee in this category is ReZero Season 2 Part 1. I, I haven't seen it. Wow. <laughs> I know Blasphemy. because you hate, you hate ReZero. Yeah, I hate ReZero. So, so I, I know the reason that I wanted to nominate this in particular is because a lot of the first half of this second season takes place in and around a forest, which is... You know, you'd think that'd be something that'd be really, really easy to cheat in your background art, you know, because you can just, you know, put some colors in the background that look like trees and branches and shit, and it'll be fine. But no, they took the time to really, like, draw out every single part of this forest that they're walking through, and it looks phenomenal. Yeah, ReZero is definitely really consistent with its visuals, um, and I particularly like the snow scenes. uh mm in this arc yes and let's not forget the rabbits love rabbits mm, i don't think you'd like these rabbits i love all rabbits equally uh-huh till it's tearing your face off mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so our fourth nominee in this category is somali and the forest spirit now john i know that you didn't particularly care for the show itself mostly because you're not a huge fan of that monster of the week kind of storytelling yeah but you got to admit the show looked great Oh, yeah, of course. Like, you know, just like with Maiden Abyss, I thought Maiden Abyss was the Monster of the Week thing. I was tired of it. I really don't care. Wait, how but... is Maiden Abyss Monster of the Week? Because uh, you see a new monster every week. What? <laughs> I'm done with you, John. Duh. <laughs> but, I mean, is he wrong? Is he really wrong? No, Let's be honest. Monster of the Week means there's no progression. Maiden Abyss is an adventure where there's progression, but whatever. Somali and the Forest Spirit oh. was great. <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks beautiful. Like the I read the manga before the anime came out, and I've got to say the anime is very strikingly well put together. Uh, it took the original; it didn't change much from the original art designs, but it did make them more rounder and cuter and more pleasing to your eyeballs. It's not as rough. The manga's rough, man, but it's not that rough because it's still a lot of detail put into each scene that you're looking through. And it's just, it's visually appealing. It's a feast for your eyes. And I, I thought it was re- really well done. Yeah. I also loved how the color palette changed subtly depending on what town they were in that week. Like, each each place they visited had a slightly different color palette. That was really nice. Yeah, definitely one of the biggest selling points of Somali is uh, all the pretty places they go to. So it's no surprise yes. that we've nominated it. And the crazy characters they find. Mm-hmm. <laughs> eccentric um, characters very eccentric um and our final nominee in this category for best background art is sword art online alicization war of the underworld 2 sword art online there's a lot of shit you can give it but you can't shit on its visuals <laughs> no as much as i love shitting on sword art online and believe me i do i have to give it props when it comes to stuff like this because it is its bread and butter yeah <laughs> like i said it's got to play to its strengths man <laughs> That's all it got. That's all it got. <laughs> all right. Well, with all that being said, it is no wonder that we also give best background art to Great Pretender. Now, yeah, I go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say it was very close between Somali and Great Pretender. Yeah, like, we went back yeah. and forth about that a lot. Uh, I definitely, you know, Somali is definitely the runner up here because again, it looks vi- beautiful. It's visually a feast for your eyes, and it's just it's very unique, right? But I do like how Great Pretender did it better because 
not only is it unique, it plays well into the story versus yeah. Somali, which is just like, hey, we're just going to make everything pretty. And you're just going to look at it and be like, wow. Okay, next week. Wow. <laughs> if you want something pretty, definitely would recommend Somali. But I would say Great Pretender is the more unique uh, art yeah. style. Both are great. Both mm-hmm. are great in this regard, though. So the next award is Best Animation. And our first nominee is Fire Force Season 2. Uh, it was also nominated. Again. <laughs> For art, bless and David bless, Production, and it is again bless nominated David for animation. <laughs> um, but no, literally, this is the main reason to watch Fire Force: the animation, plot, shit, characters, shit, animation, the only thing it has going for it. And honey, the porn is pretty good though. The what? <laughs> the, porn the porn is pretty good. Oh, the porn. We we ain't even getting started with that. <laughs> but. Like, this season of Fire Force, just like the first season, amazing fight scenes, amazing fire animation, great choreography. It's, for me, it's literally the only reason to watch the show. Genuinely, though, I mean, this is not something that you really think about. The way that they animate fire and smoke in Fire Force is amazingly beautiful. Some of the best animation I've seen. I really like Fire Force for the animation. Yeah. Uh, so our second nominee is Kaguya-sama Love is War Season 2. John, so <laughs> explain I, yourself. Listen, I, I, I am a fan of Kaguya, right? Kaguya-sama Love is War is a phenomenal manga. Season 1 wasn't that great. It wasn't that bad either, regardless of whatever Alex says. But Season 2, holy fuck, man. They went all in with their budget. Like... I, I was honestly very surprised that how much more animation they could fit into this show. They make everything more. They make the reactions more popping. They make more like crazy cuts and transitions. It, overall, it just it flows a lot better than season one did. That being said, <laughs> that's not really the strong point of the show. That's not the purpose of the show, but it has good <laughs> animation, man. Remember the memes with, with think, Baka Chica last I, year? I think, I think the... Uh the biggest reason you wanted to nominate this is because it was such a step up from season one. Yes. And it's just kind of crazy because who, what kind of slice of life rom-com anime like does that, right? Like they go to season two, they're like, let's fucking up the ante here. Let's make the animation even better and crazy. (laughs) Nichijou was great from the word go in its animation. (laughs) That was just yeah. that. But in all fairness, that was just uh, Kyoani saying, "Here's like a billion dollars. Let's make a crazy anime." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kyoani is the exception here, really. Um, <laughs> and our third nominee is Magia Record Maho Shoujo Madoka Magica Gaiden, which I have not watched. <laughs> I so this is the spinoff to Madoka Magica, which got very mixed reviews overall. Um, and some of it's not unwarranted because let's be honest, it is based on a mobile game. Um, personally, I liked it a lot, but I'm also a slut for Madoka Magica and Maho Shoujo's in general. But I chose this because regardless of how its story plays out, this was still done by Studio Shaft and it looks just as good as Madoka Magica did all those years ago. Um, and Shaft is still, I mean, it, Ever since the Monogatari series has kind of gone on hiatus, for lack of a better term, who knows if they're ever going to be doing any more uh, Monogatari animation. Like, Studio Shaft has kind of gone in the background. They do 
fate stuff from time to time, but like really who cares? Um, but then they came back and did this and my God, it's like they never missed a beat from Madoka Magica. Lovely. It still got that crazy, like there's like cutaways when they show the witches. It's like that crazy, like, I don't even know how to describe it. It looks like it's, they're made out of like newspaper clippings and it's just, it's fucking amazing. Honey, put that in the recycling. <laughs> Ooh, got him. Damn. And our next nominee is uh, Sword Art Online, Alicization, War of Underworld 2. That, there's a lot of sequels going on here. Um, yeah, there are. Specifically in that one title as well. Um, however, yeah. Again, Sword Art Online, if anything, it's good at visuals. <laughs> yeah. There are fights. Yeah, we've said it enough already. Like, it's fucking amazing when it comes to its visuals. <laughs> there are lots of fights, and they all... Maybe you don't care if the character dies, but it looks pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and our last nominee is the Irregular at Magic High School Visitor arc. So, they did a transition. Uh, Madhouse did the original season one, which I adored. Season 2 is done by 8-Bit, which I believe is an offshoot of Madhouse. I could be wrong. Yes, a lot of people from Madhouse went on to go work at 8-Bit, yes. So, uh, I thought 8-Bit did a fine job. It's definitely not as polished as uh, Season 1 was. Uh, I don't know if that's because it was rushed to come out this year for some whatever reason instead of postponing it like literally every other anime. (laughs) But, good job, 8-Bit. You didn't fuck it up. Yeah, I mean... We make fun of Madhouse because, you know, they can only count to one. And we found out with Overlord, there's a really good reason they can only count to one. Hey, that's because <laughs> um, they hemorrhaged all their good employees to 8-Bit. Well, maybe Probably. 8-Bit should be handling Overlord. Uh, maybe. Who knows? 8-Bit, do it. Get on it, man. Um, but yeah, I think, number one, I think a lot of people were kind of surprised to to find out, number one, that, that Irregular Magic High School was getting a sequel. Um, and, you know... It, it looks good. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've seen clips from it. And yeah, like the animation is solid. Um, that's really all I got to say about it. Like it, it genuinely looks like solid animation. Yep. But however, we will have to give the uh, award to Fire Force Season 2. Bless David Production. Yeah, honestly, this, uh, this show just blew the entire uh, medium out of the water because mm. i just i just can't handle how good the animation is i love it so much i'd like to just say that it's because ufotable didn't come out with an anime this year you know hot take <laughs> and they did too take, they did too i'm not a big Wait, fan what? of ufotable anime animation oh um, wow well, taking that terrible take out of consideration <laughs> uh, <laughs> no ufotable did they did the uh, mugen train movie Movie that came out in 2020. We had we didn't we didn't number one we don't have a movie category so it didn't get nominated for that. But also number two we typically don't nominate movies for this stuff anyway. So Ufotable did make an anime this year or last year. I guess I'll have to check it out and then I'll tell you how much wrong Fire Force season two is <laughs> for this a category. But no, I mean honestly, bless David Productions, they did a fantastical job with like. I'm be honest. When we first talked about Fire Force, we were like, "We don't know." David Productions just work on JoJo's. What are you doing? And then Fire Force season one comes out, and you're like, "Oh, whoa! What the fuck?" And they definitely kept the production value up. Yeah, for sure. All right. So the next category is going to be best character design, and our first nominee is Apari Ranmon. 
Now, I have seen the first three episodes of this show. Uh, it's definitely unique. Mm. It's weird. <laughs> it's unique. I know a lot of I, I for, personally I loved Pyro Ramon, uh, mostly because it reminds me a lot of JoJo's Part Seven, which is phenomenal. Uh, Steel Ball Run. Um, but the, the character designs in this show are just bonkers, and it's just uh, I just I every single character is like what I like to call a silhouette character. Like you could black out their entire character and just see the silhouette of them, and you could probably tell who they are. And to me, that's a, that's a sign of really good character design. Yeah, to me, it was just weird because they're very over the top eccentric, and that's why I thought it was weird. Mm. Uh, maybe I'll finish it. Who knows? I did only give it like three episodes, but. Eh. Oh no, do they? I'm looking at some of these designs, and the girl or boy with the red hair looks like the main character is a, du- is a dude. Looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh character, and I'm concerned. <laughs> well, you like Yu-Gi-Oh. That doesn't mean I like the the character designs. Yeah, as you can see, it's weird and eccentric, right? Like I'm not crazy in this regard. No, no, you're you're not wrong. It, it, they are very out there. Again, like JoJo character designs. This is probably why I like it, because it reminds me of that so much. All right. Well, for our next nominee, we've got Haikyuu to the top. Um, I'm not Pretty sure boys. This... <laughs> Haikyuu's anime looks way better than the manga. <laughs> That's It wouldn't take much, John. <laughs> so, I mean, it looks... I, I think the character designs look fine. I mean, I, I, it's a freaking sports anime, man. How, how is it supposed to be that much better than whatever? Because all this the guys is... are hot, John. Okay. Okay. Wait, what? I don't know what you have against sports anime. I, okay, I don't know where Nothing. that comment came from. But Haikyuu, <laughs> in general, has amazing character designs. Um, I love the style they used for it. Um, and this season in particular, uh, the first half of the season was basically all just slice of life. Like, nothing actually happened. But... Um, it was all focused on Hinata, and he made the most adorable expressions all the time. And I just can't. Ugh! It was so amazing. It was so, so, so pleasing to my soul. See another another anime where the porn is really good. Wait, that has nothing Again, to do with porn. I just feel... <laughs> I'm just saying. I just put that out. Like Haikyuu has some good porn. I'm just saying. I feel like our panel of judges are a little bit biased towards Haikyuu. That's all I'm saying. Well, Can we are because us? we like pretty boys in Haikyuu. All right. Anyway, moving on to our next nominee, uh, Somali and the Forest Spirit. It, it has really good character designs. Like, sure, it's Monster of the Week, but it looks great. Hey, it may be Monster of the Week, but those monsters look fucking awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah. The Demon Shota and the Harpy Lady. Oh, they're so <laughs> amazing. I like to think that that's like the basis of your avatar design. Oh, I didn't think that. I mean, <laughs> you just subconsciously chose it. You just subconsciously said, "This is what I want. Do it." I mean, I I prefer an orange color palette, but I wouldn't mind having a demon show. I mean, all demon shotas are good shotas. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just the character design, like, and the design for the golem is really good, and and the the character design for Somali is so cute. Yeah, and again, the the source material is also phenomenal when it comes to the design. Like it's the the anime definitely improved on it. I definitely really enjoyed that part of it. 
So our next nominee, Toilet Bound ha- <laughs> Hanako-kun. Um, I watched a couple episodes of this, too. Can't say it's my favorite. Uh, I'm going to hand this off the show. <laughs> you don't, let's you be don't honest. like the daikon legs? <laughs> no. Oh, what God. do you mean, no? Okay, I thought the daikon legs were super adorable. Like, the main character has these, like, Powerpuff Girl legs. Where they're like huge round things, and I'm like, yes, uh, poor baby, I can relate uh, to being deformed. Uh- <laughs> <Dang>, what? <laughs> what the hell? Listen, we're not all. I'm more you know, We're not all created equal, honey. We all have our quirks, and we're all beautiful because we're all different. Anyway, I think the character designs are super cute, super chibi. Um, I really like the colors they used with the character designs. Um, very poppy, very fun. Mm. I just like it. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't say that Hanukkah-kun was like the best anime of the year by far, but at least the character designs are are fun. That's a really good word to use to describe them. Fun. Speaking of fun, not really fun. <laughs> Tower of God is our next and last nomination for character design, and. God damn it, I hate Rachel. Fuck <laughs> you. Rachel did nothing wrong. See, listen. This is going to be awkward in a couple of awards. <laughs> I'm just saying, she was designed so well, it, it it elicited the emotion that it was supposed to elicit from me, which is pure hatred. Okay? Honey. So, if you hate Rachel, I really you like hate the me, characters. Because we're the same person. <laughs> no, well. <laughs> I've played that Dead by Daylight a lot. with you before. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really like the character designs of Tower of God. Uh, the anime itself was not a great adaptation in my mind, but the beginning parts of the show and, and the manga, the source material, the manhua, uh, <laughs> is it's pretty basic and boring anyway. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to season two, and I just I really love all the wacky characters that we meet and... You know, and then we have our cute little main character, Bam. Like, ugh, precious little boy. Rachel, you bitch. <laughs> Listen, Rachel is more precious than Bam. Um, but yeah, I don't know what they did. There's just something about the colors and the way they did the lines. But all of the characters really pop out really well in all the scenes. Um, and kudos to how they animated or drew uh, the lizard man or the dragon man. Like it's really the alligator yeah, man. Yeah, alligator man. It's really hard to get like animal people right. Florida and his man. design is really really done well. Yeah. I what's his name? Raku? Rack? I think it's Rack. Anyway, yeah, he's done really well. And I, I really liked his design because he's super funny. He seems like super imposing. And then there's other times where they do his chibi form and it's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Overall great job tower of god for doing your character designs and the award though is gonna have to go to somali in the forest spirit uh everyone saw this coming right best yeah. character design <laughs> honestly speaking i think somali definitely takes it because it's just visually it's beautiful it stays true to the source material and improved upon it they didn't make very many liberal decisions with that which is great because they, again it plays off of the strengths of its source material you know you do what you do well and you let that help carry the rest of your show. Mm-hmm. It's great when Absolutely. the whole premise of your show is going around and meeting people, and the people that you meet look 
super amazing. So that definitely compliments. And one thing you cannot accuse this of having, because this is something that happens in a lot of anime these days, you cannot accuse the characters of having same face. Ha! No. Yeah. Because none none of the characters are the same race. (laughs) That's never stopped anime uh, producers before from making same face characters. Oh, dear. Well, our next award is for best male character. And our first nominee is Garfield Tinsel from ReZero Season 2 Part 1. And this nomination is definitely not because of the porn. This one particularly yeah, right. is not the porn. Um, but besides him being hot, um, it's really interesting with all the iterations that we go through in this arc, how Subaru interacts with him in different ways and he has like completely different reactions in all the different iterations and it's a really interesting process trying to get to know who this person is and what he wants and what his motivations are it's very confusing um but he definitely stands out as someone with a strong personality and a distinct set of principles and i really like that about re-zero re-zero does that really well and again they do it with this character yeah completely agree he's definitely in, in this first half of the second season he's definitely one of the most uh, probably actually the most compelling character simply because of how much he changes throughout each of the different um what do you want to call it like changes that subaru makes um and it, it's it's fun to watch also like the voice actor really sells it too oh yeah the voice actor uh, uh i need him to scream at me um so yeah our second nominate uh nomination goes to golem from somali and the forest spirit i'm best dad you're named for your race sad but (laughs) best dad (laughs) yes and not just that he also he has a character arc which is funny because the existence of a character arc is not always guaranteed in anime but lo and behold this this character has a character arc where he you know is trying to come to terms with his uh short lifespan and he's learning more about emotions maybe not the most creative uh unique uh character arc but it is there and he does have it. Well, it's because I definitely... Because Golem, you know, he's a Golem, right? He's machine. He's not man. He's not supposed to have feelings. Mm-hmm. But once he starts exploring the world of Somali, he starts realizing, like, at first he didn't care about doing anything but protecting the forest. But as he expanded his horizons, you know, he learned there's more to the just protecting the forest and the world. There's an actual world out here we can explore. So it's great to see him, like, emotionally evolve. And become an actual character. Definitely. Yes. Our next uh, nomination goes to Hanako-kun from Toilet Bound Hanako-kun. Um, again, not for the porn. No, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. That is... Sure. Police? Not... <laughs> That's not what we're about. Hey, no. He's he's a million-year-old ghost. It's fine. Oh, oh okay. 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 <laughs> oh, dear. Um, it's hard to describe why he's a good character with go- without going into too many spoilers, but I guess the show, a big part of the show is trying to figure out who Hanako-kun is and why he died and why he's haunting the school. And I do like where they go with it. So 
if anyone doesn't know, like Hanako is like this. It's one of the like great seven Japanese mysteries in schools where a girl died in a toilet for some reason and she haunts the toilet, right? This is just like a, a moaning fucking Myrtle. crazy story. It's moaning Myrtle. Yeah, it's it, basically what it it's is. Moaning Myrtle. And in uh, Hanako-kun, Hanako is instead of a female, it's a boy. And he's definitely like, he seems like he's supposed to be mischievous at first. But then he does things that are like, it seems like out of character. And you're, you're left wondering like, well, is he just a mischievous spirit? Is he just trying to fuck with the MC? Like, what what is his deal, you know? So I definitely understand why you would nominate him for this. Because mm. it is intriguing, at the least. There's a lot of mystery behind him. Honestly, when I came into this show, it presented itself as, like, something that would be very shallow Monster of the Week. But as we go into it, the show really does delve deep into his character and his arc and his personality and his past. So I was very impressed by how much they characterized him. And... Yeah. Yeah, so our next nominee is Makoto Edamura from Great Pretenders. Edamame. Edamame. Mm-hmm. He is such a snack. <laughs> <laughs> um, Listen, 2020 was a small pool, so Edamura is here. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have something to say, Alex, about Edamura? I, just watching him throughout the entire run of the show was fucking fun is all hell um just because of all the crazy shit he gets himself into i think it's hilarious yeah i definitely love edamame as a character i love the culmination though towards the climax of the uh end of the season where he goes on his spiel i love that part like that but i i was also disappointed because it's like ah this has been like building up for a very long time now and when he does that whole like spiel at the end i was just like he's finally done it the boy's done it, lads. Oh dear. And I, I think he's, I think he could have been a more interesting character. But the problem with the Great Pretender, with the male, with all the characters, is that we don't have enough time to visit all of them yet. Right? Yet. Season two, when? Oh, I love. I would. I need a season two. But yeah, I definitely love his personality. He's a very fun character to watch. Uh, I've said in the spoiler cast that I have a lot of problems with all the characters with Great Pretender, so I'm not a big fan of his arc. But he is a fun character. Mm. Um, so yeah, our last nominee is Sukasa from Pets. Um, and I really loved Sukasa because, oh, first of all, I love suffering. I love people <laughs> who fuck people over. And Sukasa is one of those people because the, I mean, okay, so I don't want to go into, into, into too many spoilers, but Sukasa is a person who completely wrecks people's lives and he's so messed up and so twisted <laughs> and it's just so gratifying to to watch. Yes, I'm a horrible person. Sue me. Okay, that's it. <laughs> they used to really watch Redo of Healer. No! Mm, I have limits. No, <laughs> <laughs> no um, I, I, get, I, get, I, def, I definitely get what you're saying. Like, Although I would say Tsukasa is... A slightly higher level than these characters. He's kind of a combination between someone like Kaiki from the Monogatari series mixed with Izaya from Dorarada, where all both of those characters are just out for themselves, and that's one hundred percent what Sugas is all about. I just love how you can literally see his mind collapsing in on itself <laughs> as like all the pain and shit that he's doing like all comes back to fuck him over Ugh, it's just so good 
Um, and that is why we have chosen Tsukasa as the best male character. Um, just because his arc is so impactful and the way all the things he does comes back to him really, really is a great arc. And it's an arc that ends. So it's a com- mm. it's a complete arc that uh, is satisfying to see the end of. So I really appreciate that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I would agree. Uh, the culmination of a character arc is very important to a show. Like, when you have main characters especially, and for it to, like, for him to come full circle and he gets his just desserts or whatever, right? <clears throat> it's all been building. It's all been culminating. It's good to have closure like that. Like, I, I definitely think in this list of characters we have for best male, the way that you've described Tsukasa sounds way better than the rest of the uh, characters, just mm-hmm. in my opinion, because it's important to have that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. For sure. All right, so moving on, uh, we are now going to best female character, and we will start with our first nominee being Dorothy from Great Pretender. Uh, I want to hang out with Dorothy all day. <laughs> She's so awesome. You know, the thing that I loved about pretty much all the characters in Great Pretender, and I said this on our spoiler cast, is like none of these people are particularly like virtuous characters. Like they may be doing what they're doing for halfway decent reasons, but the means still don't justify the ends really. Listen, they're just confidence men and women of culture. Uh huh. All right. Okay. <laughs> I love how beautifully she's drawn too. I just really like yeah. her yeah. design. Well, they draw her hands like not completely black, because you know, people's real hands, black people's real hands, they don't have. Um, is it melanin? Is that what makes it dark skin? Yes, the pigment. Right? the pigment yeah so they drew that properly which i was surprised i was like what an anime cares about like a non an an, what an anatomic japanese people care about black people what (laughs) what dude even in cartoons they don't do that but i thought that was great as a design choice yeah and i just i wanted more dorothy i there's (sighs) you me me too uh but i mentioned this during during our spoiler cast it's like the uh Great Pretender was was phenomenal in that way that like there was diversity within the cast of characters, but it was never like it, it was never pointed out. Like you just kind of noticed it; it was there, and then everyone was like, "And moving on." Yeah, and that was the great thing about just the characters in general in Great Pretender, in my opinion. Like their nationality and their race was there, but it wasn't like who they were. Mm-hmm. And the same same can be said for Dorothy. All right, so uh, for our second nominee, we have Echidna from ReZero Season 2, Part 1. I know if Natai were here, he would be saying right now, mm. Yeah, you take your piss-drinking queen, you go somewhere else, sir. <laughs> uh, I'm still not unconvinced that's supposed to be a JoJo's reference. <laughs> the piss-drinking. It might be. What is it with Japanese people and drinking piss? What the fuck? I don't know. Bear Grylls lemonade. I guess. <laughs> I guess. But no, Echidna was was a great antagonist, sort of, uh, from the second season. Um, it was great to finally meet her after kind of having hints of her in in the first season. Um, I definitely think she lived up to the hype, at least so far. I love how Echidna is a better villain than 
the actual main villain of Rebirth. <laughs> like she is the epitome of like the mustache twirling like mastermind. Chaotic evil. She's <laughs> she's the epitome of chaotic evil. And she just owns it so well. She's just so crazy, but at the same time whimsical and like hyper elegant. I just mm. love her. She's so evil and I love it. Again, I think a lot of that also goes down to her, the portrayal by the voice actor as well. Mm-hmm. All right, so our third nominee is Lenore from Castlevania Season 3. Oh, villains. Ooh, vampire titties. Vampire titties. Oh, yeah. Oh, see, that was... Okay, that was one thing. I don't understand how, like, fucking a vampire would be pleasurable. I just don't... Because it's cool. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be really, really cold? Yeah, I just... I mean, I don't know, but Resident Evil Village came out and everyone's going nuts over the mommy's milky The tall titty, no the tall titty vampire? It's, the world's a weird place, all right? <laughs> Japanese people have weird kings. Oh, God. But yeah, like, Lenore was such a great um, manipulator. I love how yes. she uh, subtly, you know twisted whoever i forget the name of the guy purple hair did, did he have purple hair whatever silver silver hair. hair uh she twisted the mind of the uh prisoner to basically her whims and uh, that was really fun to watch and it, it was it was fun to watch over several episodes too i was so glad that it didn't all happen in one episode and then you're like oh okay it just happened and like no you watched this subtle manipulation take place over the course of nearly an entire season yeah and lenore she's just out of all the vampire sisters of uh, the four there's four of them right yes there's four total there's four total vampire sisters she just is so much more interesting <laughs> compared to totally. the rest. The others are kind of just like one trick ponies, in my opinion. But Lenore is a lot. She has a lot more depth to her. The, 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 the other the other ones are also blunt and like she's the only one that's like, let me finesse this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So our fourth nominee is Rachel from Tower of God. John. Fuck. Fuck <laughs> Rachel. Rachel God did nothing they wrong. Did. <laughs> Listen, listen. Like I said earlier, I I hate Rachel, and I think that her, it's just good character design for Rachel because they did what they were supposed to do. Make me hate Rachel. Listen, why is Bam given everything he gets, and he doesn't even have to work for it? Bam is a privileged <sighs> bitch, and Rachel deserves to be, you know, have good things too because she actually works for the things she gets. Okay. Okay, sure, if that's what you think. I've got some things I'm going to throw at you after this. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I think, as much as I hate to admit it, I, th- I do think that Rachel is a good character, female character, because she plays her part really well in the story. Like, you wouldn't think that she was a, a actual, like, main character based off of how the show is run until you get towards the end of Tower of God, and then you're just kind of like, oh, what the fuck just happened? And it just gets better from there. Listen, everybody might hate Rachel, but without Rachel, Tower of God would be boring as hell. Honestly, you're right. <laughs> Honey, the villains are the best characters. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. All right. And last but not least, our final uh, nominee for best female character is Yui Yui Gahama from my teen romantic comedy Snafu Climax. Yeah, hello. Yeah, hello. <laughs> 
fucking love Yui. Uh, oh, she, and precious the fact Yui. that she got so much screen time in the final season, which is apparently not going to be the end of the show, and we have learned recently. Uh, anyway, uh, Yui is great. I mean, she was great throughout the entire run of Snafu. Uh, all you really need to do is go watch our Snafu spoiler cast that John and Natai and I did. Um, but yeah, she's she's so great. She's like, uh, Hachiman! <laughs> I, I think Yui is a great female character just because she's, she's so precious, right? And she gives a lot of thought to the main character. Mm. She's a very good supporting character. And uh, they did my girl wrong. <laughs> I, mean, I hate Snafu. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> anyway, so we have decided to award best female character to Echidna from ReZero Season 1, Part 2. Uh, villains for the win, I guess. Honey. Yeah, as, as a villain, as a, a female character, she's definitely top of the list mm. because... Rachel just didn't have enough time to develop. Yui didn't really contribute too much to the story herself. You know, Lenore also didn't have enough screen time. Same thing for Dorothy. It's just like Echidna had the perfect mix of screen time and evilness to draw out her character. Yeah, yes. it's, it's funny to me. I'm looking over this list of nominees. I just It just struck me that three of these five are villains. Uh, one is <laughs> at, one is at best an anti-hero. And the only one that can really be described as a hero is Yui. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love a girl who can misbehave? <laughs> but no, Echidna, I love I love Echidna's monologues. Like she has a lot of them and she nails them. Mm. Yeah, she's like the, literally the queen of monologues cuz she has so many of them and like every one of them is just oh beautiful. <laughs> Tune in for the monologue of this week. Mm. <laughs> Instead of right, monster of the so... week, it's monologue of the week. So the the next category is going to be best directing, and our first nominee is going to be Castlevania season three. Uh, I personally think it was really well directed because first of all, the source material there's not a lot to work with, man. <laughs> there's not a lot of lore. There's characters that don't really have that much lore either. Yeah. And I personally believe that the anime did a phenomenal job at setting everything up from season one all the way to season three, and I can't wait for season four. Uh, again, they they didn't have very much to go on, dude. Castlevania as a game does not have very much information about characters, about things that are happening in the world, and yet here we are with a whole fucking world built around Yeah, that's, it, that's the best right? thing about the Castlevania anime is that it takes what little information you are drip-fed through the games and builds an entire world around it. And my god, the pacing in Season 3, literally spot on. Honestly, Season 3 was my favorite season of Castlevania, and... I'm a big fan. Well, not a big fan. I like the Netflix adaptation of Castlevania. I don't like any other iteration of it. Um, and um, I just really like how they incorporated the politics and, like, intrigue. Um, and honestly, the vampire women are the best part. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sexy vampire titties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Japan, why, you weirdos? <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to our, our next nominee. We've got Great Pretender. Now, I recently have just finished watching this, and I, I really I didn't like the first two episodes because I was confused. I didn't really care. And then it kind of just keeps getting better and better the more you watch it. 
because there's a lot of intrigue involved. It, it seems very shallow at the very beginning, and it, it does that on purpose because that's how the main character is. He's just a shallow con man, basically. It's almost like the anime and... itself is conning you. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. But uh, I, I thought the directing went pretty well because I at by the end of it, I cared. I cared about each character arc. I cared about all these individuals, though they're all shitty people. I still cared, and I wanted to know more about them. Yeah, the greatest thing about The Great Pretender is that it is an original anime, so everything you're seeing was made for the anime specifically. And um, yeah, uh, the plot and everything, I mean, it has some hiccups, but overall it's a really interesting story they're telling. And yeah, like John said, the characters are very interesting to see grow and see where they go. Yeah. All right. Uh, Our next nominee is going to be Haikyuu to the top. Uh, I I haven't seen this. I'm going to need you guys to expand. Like I mentioned, the whole first arc of this season was just literally slice of life training, like nothing, no games, no like tension, no nothing. But honestly, that was the best part of the arc because... Honestly, though, coming off of the third season, you kind of needed a breather. <laughs> but even then, that is a good point uh, you make. But even then, it's just I love how they made the downtime so pleasurable and so interesting and so fun to watch uh, and kind of relatable too yeah i mean as someone who played sports in school i mean it was relatable to me mm-hmm. um i'm not straight so i don't play sports wow <laughs> <laughs> what okay one of okay. those is a lie i'll let you figure that out um but no i really liked how usually like boring something that you would consider filler they made super interesting yeah okay fair enough and uh our next nominee is toilet bound hanako-kun now like i said uh i watched a little bit of this and it just felt like it's shallow monster of the week but it might have just been at the very beginning because i did see hints of like Mm -hmm. hanako-kun being actually interesting i just didn't want to finish watching it week by week so (laughs) I just forgot all about it. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, the premise of this show and how it sets up in season one makes it feel like it's going to be a super generic, like, throwaway season trash. But it actually has a really good story, and it actually does have really interesting characters, or, well, specifically the main character. So I was surprised how they turned a very simple, you know, idea, and they made it interesting. They made it into an actual story that I care about. Yeah, and... Just because the premise is like Hanako-kun, like, yes, we all know the story about Moaning Myrtle. Also, the the monsters are kind of cool. <laughs> Honestly, like, because there's a lot of anime about, like, killing yokai, killing demons. And a lot of those anime are super boring and, like, repetitive. Um, but this show takes that formula and makes it, you know, interesting and telling an actual story and not the same thing over and over again. Yeah, the execution is very unique. I would agree with that. And uh, our last nomination would be Uchitama. Have you seen my Tama? Honey, d- um, I... <laughs> did you say Catboy? Because I... I have 15 <laughs> of all different colors, shapes, and sizes. I mean, uh, I can say Catgirl. There are a few Catgirls, too. Honey, whatever, whatever cat you want, whatever pussy you want, I have bald, I have furry, I have all <laughs> shades of gray. No, but... <laughs> Good lord. Um, So this is an adaptation of 
uh, an anime where like it's like the it's like you're uh, like a toddler drawing cats sort of like like actual cats the like circle with eye and face like very simple like emojis <laughs> and then okay. so they came off with this is a spin-off of that show where they are now like actual anime cat boys based on the quote unquote personalities of the emoji cats um so and it actually turned out to be a really fun interesting well not interesting just like a fun casual slice of life about cat boys running around the streets and i thought that was really interesting that they took like such a very simple uh base product and they turned it into something a bit more uh you know a a bit more than that Uh, entertaining like yeah it's got to have good directing if it takes such a basic yeah weird stupid premise and makes it entertaining mm-hmm. like how do you do it's that? just like digimon like, honey it's weird you take you take a tamagotchi uh. and you turn it into a masterpiece <laughs> you take an animal smash it against a refrigerator now you've got refrigerator coolimon wow exactly the creativity <laughs> don't actually is don't boundless. actually throw animals against refrigerators kids oh no <laughs> and uh to no one's surprise, I think best directing, and we all agreed, goes to Castlevania season three. Because again, uh, just like like Uchitama, there's not a lot to work with, and it you know props to the directors who are just like you know what I've had a vision and I know what I'm gonna do to make this somehow enjoyable to our viewers and make people buy money, yes. use money to buy stuff from us. And fuck you, Mal, for not including it on your list. It's an anime. Fuck you, Mal. <laughs> So, our next award is Best Voice Acting, and our first nominee is Ayumu Murase as Shoyo Hinata from Haikyuu to the Top. Oh, he's so adorable. Hinata best boy. I mean, what more can you say? I like when he squeaks. (laughs) (laughs) He has such a squeaky voice. (laughs) Listen, he's bae, and that's all I need to say. And that was an intentional rhyme. <clears throat> Our next <laughs> nominee is Kenjiro Tsuda as Akihito Sakaido Narihisago from Ego Invaded. Sorry, Id Invaded. <laughs> I really have nothing to say here because I haven't actually watched the show. Oh. <laughs> Natai was the one that put this here. Freaking Natai, why put this and not well, be on? If you want to know why he's good, you can... Ask Natai. Sure. <laughs> yes. At Natai. Yeah, co- uh, join our Discord Fucking and Natai. at Natai. <laughs> our next nominee is Megumi Ogata as Hanako-kun from Toilet Bound Hanako-kun. Uh, I really like... So Hanako-kun's a ghost. Um, and I really like how creepy the voice actress made him sound. Yeah, she always does. Uh, she literally voices like every androgynous young boy. I swear, <laughs> that's just she does, doesn't she? Like uh, the person from uh, Angel Beats, she voices him, right? I think the, so. I'll look it up. President, hold on. I wouldn't really call but... them androgynous. I would just call them small boys. <laughs> small boys, yeah. The sh- <laughs> the shonens. No, the um. Fuck. What Shota's? are we calling them? Yeah. Shotas, thank you. I don't. I moon rune sometimes. I listen. It's it's been over an hour. I'm tired. Uh, 
<laughs> I definitely think she has been typecasted, but she performs very well. And especially with a character like Hanako-kun, I definitely would agree. Ah, shit, like, she's the voice of Shinji in Evangelion. Getting the robot <laughs> queen. Yeah, she's the show to queen. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Okay, uh, our next nominee is Yui Ishikawa from Violet Evergarden. Um, from, you know, the show Violet Evergarden, side story, Eternity yeah. and the Auto Memory Doll. I don't know what that is. Is that a movie? Yeah, so this is actually an OVA that happens to be feature length um, that was released in theaters. Now, technically, this is from 2019, not 2020. However, it was only available in the West in early 2020. That's why it's kind of included here. Um, But I wanted to include it because, let's be honest, Yui Ishikawa is a fucking goddess. um, And Violet Evergarden is like one of her... It's definitely a magnum opus role for her because it's just she puts so much passion into this role, and you can tell by the voice performance. I mean, we all know who she is. You know, she's Mikasa from Attack on Titan. 2B. She's Two Bay. She's Two Bay. Oh dear. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, what can we say? She's really good at her yeah. job. And like she, she, <laughs> she puts so much passion into this role of Violet Evergarden, and it comes through so much in this OVA side story. Um, that I just I felt that it needed to be included here since we weren't able to include it in our awards show last year. Um, I mean that's that's it. I mean Violet Evergarden. If you haven't seen Violet Evergarden yet, do yourself a favor and go see it. It it's it's on Netflix. It's absolutely amazing. I'll pass. Bring the tissues and bring tissues. Bring a lot of tissues because oh, you will no. cry. Wow. I, well, listen, I went and saw this in theaters last year before, you know, the Rona hit. Um, I that, that theater was nearly full, and I was surrounded at multiple parts of this OVA by sobbing weebs. And I was not I was not alone. It was good to know. Honey, you're a faucet. <laughs> and our last nominee is Yusuke Kobayashi as Natsuki Subaru from ReZero, Season 2, Part 1. I mean, who it's doesn't love Subaru. to hear Subaru scream? There's a lot of screaming Me. in this role, and it's all done really, really well. There's also a lot. There's also a fair amount of like crying and stuff that's done in this role as well. I feel like every every uh, like recording session, it's probably like a lot of lozenges being used afterwards because probably got a sore throat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was like no no question this season or this half season, I guess I should say, of ReZero. Definitely another standout performance by Yusuke Kobayashi playing in that role. Definitely. But we'll have to give the award to Megami Ogata as Hanako-kun because she is the queen and she deserves the crown. (laughs) Yeah, like, again, it's just in Hanako-kun, she does a phenomenal job at portraying him. Not just, and it's, she's typecasted so much, right? And it's just a shame that she gets typecasted. But there's a reason also why she's typecasted because she's good at doing her job yeah. at portraying these characters. And she she just she probably has a lot more range. If I'm being honest, I think she could branch out to other things. But it's not a bad thing to also be typecasted because at least you're a fan favorite. I mean, even though she does do a lot of Shota roles, I'm, I think her voice was really good as specifically a creepy Shota. So like someone like her, a lot of her lines are intended to um scare the mc or like God, she does almost MC exclusively yeah. do young boys holy shit i'm looking through her roles right now 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, God, I, I know. Hey. I recognized her voice almost immediately when I heard her. I was like, she's the one that gets typecasted as the 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 Shotas, and I believe she's also um, in Persona Four. She, I think she's uh, Naoto. Pretty uh, sure she's Naoto. Well, listen, there's a reason uh, that she gets so many roles. Yeah, she's mm. good. Uh, no, she's not in Persona Four. She's in Persona Three. Persona Three as mm. Ken Amato. She was Naoto. Oh, yeah. Anyway. No, that, yeah, that makes sense. Anyway. Moving on. So our final award is, of course, Anime of the Year. And I got to go through this quick because I got to get out of here in 10 minutes. Um, so our first nominee is, of course, Great Pretender. Um, what need more needs to be said than has been said already tonight about Great Pretender? Uh, it's good. Yeah, Watch phenomenal it. animation, great soundtrack, uh, no, good OP, good, good ED, uh, great characters, great story. It's... It's great. And it's the last time I'm going to make that joke. Okay. <laughs> um, our second nominee for this category is, surprisingly, or maybe not, depending on how long you've been watching us, um, is Interspecies Reviewers. Um, I think we wanted this on here just because of how fun it was watching this show. And also, it's way better than the source material. True. The manga sucks. The manga <laughs> does kind of suck. Having gone and read it in, in the interim, like, the manga really does kind of suck. I mean, a lot of ecchi shows can be problematic, um, anti-feminist, and not really that funny, really just pandering. But this show was really actually uh, had good jokes, you know, was sex positive, and I thought it was just an overall just fun show. So, yeah. Yep. All right. Our third nominee in this category is My Teen Romantic Comedy Snafu Climax. Oh. I definitely thought it was great. Like season three was the best. Mm. It culminates very well, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed season one, two, and three. Yeah, um, I, I when we we said it during our our spoiler cast that I think the show itself gets off to a slightly slow start in its first few episodes, but definitely the the third season is where it all just absolutely comes together. All the characters are written uh, to their absolute. They play to their strengths so damn well throughout the entire season, and. God damn it, Hachiman. <laughs> uh, our four, fourth nominee in this category is ReZero Season 2 Part 1. Probably the most highly anticipated anime of 2020, I would say. At least of the ones that didn't get pushed back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And didn't fail to For deliver. Sure. I really liked how long this arc was compared to the first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really liked how complicated and how, you know, how many problems the main character is supposed to solve in this season uh i also liked how it brought back some pretty minor characters from season one and made them sort of central to the story in the second season uh good good uh, example being Otto. uh very minor minor character from season one becomes very important in season two hmm. um and then our fifth and final nominee for anime of the year is tower of god listen it did a good job honey that plot <laughs> twist that w- that's worth a nomination in a, in, a, in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. Like, no one saw it coming. No one. Literally no one. It's great. Also worth mentioning really that this, uh, this anime seems to be leading a charge of manhwa adaptations. So Yeah, which is great. Um, I can't speak to No Bless. I haven't read or watched that. But uh, I believe there's a bunch of other manhwa I really want to see animated. So I'm hyped. Like, Tower of God, good job. You got people interested. Yeah. Um, but all that being said, we have decided to give our anime of the year award to 
great pretender. I think it's Woo! the most well-rounded show this year. It excels in so many categories that it's... And honestly, it's just a great show for to just recommend to anyone. And it's really easily it accessible, yeah. too. I, I would like to say that we went back and forth a lot between Great Pretender and Interspecies Reviewers, though. Because I think... Well, John in, has since gone and watched the entirety of Great Pretender. Um, but, like, both of these shows are just fun. Yeah. And I, I definitely think Great Pretender is anime of the year because it's just, it's like show said, it's well-rounded. It excels in so many categories. And overall, I just enjoyed watching it more. Like, it's a show that I didn't think I'd like. I didn't think I'd get into it because you guys were just singing praises of it. And I hate that, right? Mm. I hate it when people tell me this is a good show. And then I watch it and I'm like, fuck, it is good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, God damn it, they told me. Why did they tell me? <laughs> No, but <laughs> well, because I hate watching shows that people tell me are good. Because then it's obviously it can't be good. But no, Great Pretender is actually amazing. Yeah, Interspecies Reviews was fun, and I definitely praise it for what it's done. But uh, mm. watching Great Pretender was definitely a, an addictive experience. Like when it when the one yeah. episode ended, I really wanted to watch the next episode really badly. I'm really glad that yeah. I didn't try and watch this week to week, although I don't know how I would have done that considering how it was released. Um, but I can't imagine what it would have been like because I binged it and like I can't imagine having to watch this week to week because after one episode, I'm like, all right, what the fuck happens next? <laughs> also, I really liked how they how Netflix did the um, dubbing. Mm. Like during the parts where they're supposed to be speaking Chinese, they spoke Chinese. Mm. During the parts that they're supposed to be speaking English, they spoke English. Yeah. Like, I watched it with English dub, and it was not terrible. Yeah. I liked we, it in English we, better we, than We that. mentioned that during our spoiler cast, how um, the it it doesn't assume that you're stupid. Like, they're speaking, like, characters will be speaking Japanese, but you understand as an audience member that they're actually speaking English to each other. They're just speaking Japanese because it's easier for the target audience to understand them. Yeah, so watching an English dub I thought was fine yeah. because they speak when they're supposed to be speaking French. They speak French, <laughs> like, which is amazing to this see, is by great. the way. Yeah, and props Netflix, man. They yeah. they really put a lot of effort into this show, and it just overall the experience was the best and, of this year. And they didn't do that thing they usually do, where they act they actually had separate subtitle tracks for the <laughs> different audio. Yeah, so proud of you, Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, because I know the Japanese dub had different uh, subtitles than the English dub did. Yeah. Like, the English dub said different things than the Japanese uh, subtitles did. Yeah. It was actually, they did, again, like I said, overall great rounded show. Definitely anime of the year for me as well. All right. Well, uh, that does that it for our award show for 2020. Um, we'll be back again next year to do it all over again for 2021. Definitely let us know down below if you think there was any uh, nominees that we left out we should have considered and what you thought of our choices. Uh, but thank you all for dropping out there in to listen to us. Check out the description below. Uh, find links to Anime Club, After Dark on Twitch, social media, and on Discord. Check out our merch store and our affiliate links as well. Any purchases you make there will really help us out. I've actually recently gone in and added all of our Discord emojis as stickers you can buy on our store. Uh, and everyone seems to really like our emojis, especially the Poggers emojis. <laughs> um, actually, all of us now have our own Poggers emojis. Um, but with that, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, everybody. Good night. This year, we need a best porn award. <laughs> Damn straight. Come on.